This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 684. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 684. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. I'm so happy to be with you here as always. And oh, we're going to dig into some good stuff today. We're going to talk about trying new things or trying maybe something that you've done before, but not in a while, as was the case with me recently. Actually, in the the last week, I will have done two new-ish things, one brand new thing and one thing I haven't done in 18 years or hadn't done in 18 years until last Saturday. So the thing I've never done before, which I'm doing in just a few days, is my, as part of my role as the co-chair of the Parent Association of Any School, my co-chair and I are hosting our first in-person school event, like full-scale school event since COVID. We have like 850 or so people, children and adults signed up to come to an all-school barbecue on Friday. So I'm recording this on Wednesday. This is all happening on Friday. You'll get to hear this on Monday. So the barbecue hasn't happened yet, but oh my goodness, it feels really big. It feels really, really exciting. I will say when I first signed on for this role, hosting all-school events was what was most terrifying to me. And as it gets really close, I'm actually super excited about it. 
largely in part because so many people have stepped up to be incredibly generous and helpful in terms of sharing their gifts and their time and their talent for this event. And it just feels really special to see how it's all going to come together. So I'm hoping that it all went fabulously. And I'm sure I'll be able to report back and tell you at a later date how it went. But that's one new thing this week. And that's very new and very out of my comfort zone. And just really different activity for me, very different for me to be co-hosting something for such a large group. And also kind of among my peers, like it's other parents, it's different than when I host stuff for all of you, and I'm showing up as your coach. And so that dynamic is always a little bit daunting to me, but I'm really looking forward to it. The other thing that I did now nine days ago, I guess, was I did my first triathlon in 18 years. And holy cow, a lot of you follow me on social media and you've gotten the rundown on how the event went and the moments that just made it incredibly special. And I'll review some of those here as we're talking through this episode. But if you follow me on social media on my personal Facebook page or on Instagram, I've talked about the triathlon a bit. And I'm definitely going to be using some examples in this episode around what made that day really special. But what I really want to dig into was what I was going through from a mindset perspective that made that event seem really doable. And I took something that did not seem doable at all a year ago, even three months ago didn't seem doable. And it felt very doable by the time the event arrived. And that's what I want to talk through today is what are the lessons that I can give to you so that when you are in a position of trying something new, you can remind yourself of these five things that we're going to talk through. And hopefully the new thing won't seem that daunting. I know that sometimes we really get in our way with trying something new or trying something that we haven't done in a long time. And that can really mess up our mindset, or our headspace around it. And sometimes that makes us not start. It makes us push things out. It makes us wait a really long time to start things. It makes us doubt ourselves. It can create a lot of dread and anxiety. And I don't want that for you. I want you to be able to go into things, going into whether it's going into something new or going into things that you haven't done in a long time and really feel a confidence and lightness to them that allows you to go in and do what you're capable of and like really show up as your best self and ready to show off your best gifts. And I feel like I've been able to do that, whether it was this week for the triathlon or for the back to school barbecue that we're hosting. I felt like in both scenarios, I was able to show up and like really leverage my best strengths and get things done and feel really good about it going into it. And both were things where like a few months ago, I was like, oh my God, these both feel like really big things and they're happening in the same week. And that felt a little intimidating for sure. So we're going to talk through today five important lessons on trying something new or trying something, again, after a long time away from it, perhaps. So the first thing I want to talk about is getting to the start line. So I did a whole episode about this a while ago when I first shared about training for the triathlon. But I talked about how getting to the start line is harder than getting to the finish line. And so we often have this like big runway to something where we're in this season of deciding if we're going to do it and maybe we're prepping for it or training for it. And this often is something that's happening really quietly without a lot of fanfare, without anyone cheering for us or like really kind of sitting in that place. Like a finish line, there's people cheering and there's crowds and there's the glory and you have something to show for it at the end. Whether a finish line is like actually in a race or the finish line is getting a degree or having a baby or having a wedding day, like all those things, those big finish lines in our life, they're really fancy and showy and exciting and people are there to be really supportive 
in this one designated moment. But the stuff that leads up to that to get us to the start line is often really scary and really intimidating, often very uncertain and unpredictable. Things can go sideways. And a lot of times there's a lot of loneliness and stress and having to really talk yourself through, can I do this? Should I do it? Am I qualified? Am I strong enough? Am I capable? As we're approaching that start line. Once we get going on race day, again, whether this is like a literal race or a figurative race, once we get started on race day, often we get a lot of support and that is what carries us through. And I really, really had that experience in the actual race itself um, when I was doing my triathlon last weekend. And I had forgotten that feeling. I knew that race day, I knew that I would show up and there would be just a lot of energy there because it's undeniable, like the chemistry in the air at a race, whether it's in the half marathons I've done or triathlons I've done, or I did a full marathon at one point. Anytime I've done any sort of race like that, there's just a buzz in the air. And that's often the, the case when we get to a start line, where we're going into a big event. And we can feed off of that energy and we can really rely on that energy. There often is not that energy as we're approaching a start line. So in the couple months that I was training for this race, it was a lot of like just being in my own head and having to go out and train and being like, well, (laughs) I hope I can do this. And every workout just being like, I'm going to show up, I'm going to do my best, I'm going to see what happens and see if that can get me to the start line. What was really cool that I forgot about was the buzz of energy in the triathlon space specifically. And I want to share just a little bit about that piece with you all in case any of you have considered doing a triathlon, because I think this is a magical piece of the triathlon community that doesn't get talked about often enough. So in a triathlon, you swim and then you bike and then you run. And so when you go into swim, it's typically, depending on the size of the race, you're starting in waves of people. So there might be like 50 people in your wave. Sometimes it's more than that. Sometimes it's less. Sometimes on a really small race, maybe everyone's starting at the same time. But there's usually these big groups of people starting together, getting into open water. And it's pretty chaotic. And you have to stand at the water's edge and like wait for your time to go. And that's daunting for sure. There's just a lot of nerves and you can feel it in the air for sure. Once you get going, you go into this water, whether you're running into the lake or in some cases the ocean, which I've never done an ocean open water swim, but you're running into this water and it is mayhem. (laughs) It is people swimming over each other and under each other and around each other. I've had goggles kicked off my face. I've been punched in the nose. I've been kicked in the belly. Like all sorts of things happen when you are trying to get in the water and find your space in the water. And so when you're in that moment, it's just utter chaos. And it's often I've learned to really just laugh at it, laugh it off and take it for what it is. And I've also learned to like hang back and find my space in the water so that I don't get trampled on or accidentally trample on someone else. And so I knew that piece going into this race. So I knew to kind of like hang back, let other people get started on the swim and then find your spot in the water and swim like where you can swim around people, swim past people, make space for people to swim past you, etc. And I did that and it went great. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is 
around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earnin can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. When we got out onto the bike after the swim, I forgot about the kind of jockeying for space. And when I say jockeying, that sounds competitive. It's actually pretty fun that happens once you're out on the road. So when you're riding, you start to notice like you'll go up a hill and pass someone. And then on the downhill, that same person will pass you. And this happens over and over. So over the course of the 12 mile bike, there was a few women where I would pass them, they would pass me over and over. And by the time we got off the bike, I was like, these are my new friends now, like the lady in the purple shirt, and then the woman in the blue. And like, I recognize people by their helmet color or by their numbers, by what they were wearing. And I felt like they were all my friends because we kept on just right, like passing each other back and forth the whole way. There was this one woman in purple and I swear to God, like I passed her five times. She passed me five times. It was hilarious. Then we ended up, we come, you come in from the bike, you drop off your bike, you switch out your biking shoes if you have them for your running shoes. 
and you go out on the run and I saw her going out of the transition area on the run and I was like, hey, and I caught up to her. I was like, that was such a fun ride. I'm so glad we got to ride next to each other. And she was laughing. She's like, oh my gosh, you like totally, you know, gave me energy. And I was like, oh my gosh, you gave me energy. Like it was just really great. And then I decided I had to pee. I was like, if I go out on this run and I don't pee, I'm pee will be streaming down my leg in a matter of minutes. So I actually stopped to pee and then got back on the run. And I was like, oh, I wish I could have talked to her more, but whatever. Well, I ended up catching up to her and getting to run with her for a few minutes. And then there was a couple other women that I saw on the bike and I ended up seeing them on the run. It was an out and back run course. And so it was a three mile run. You run out a mile and a half and then you run back. So I could see people coming in as I was running out, which was cool because I saw a couple friends mine who were doing the race. I saw I randomly ran into my PE teacher from high school who did the race. And so I had seen her before the race started. And I saw her coming in. By the way, she's like in her mid 60s and completely kicked my butt. And so I saw her coming in from the run. So I got to cheer for her. So that was it was really fun to see people throughout the bike and the run and be in that place with them. Like that lifted me up and lit me up and fueled me throughout the race, which was so awesome. It made the race feel so much more manageable than a lot of my training felt because I was doing it with other people. And there was this like energy about it that was really exciting and really fun. And so being in that energy really, really carried me through the event, which was really special and and really fantastic. And then getting to the finish line was hilarious because by the time I got to the finish, I felt like I had all these new friends. Like there was literally three different women, I think, who when we saw each other after the finish, we like hugged each other like, oh my gosh, it was so great riding with you and running with you. Didn't know their names. I'm sure I'll never see him again. (laughs) But they were like my race buddies. So that space of being in something with someone is really exciting. When you're approaching a start line, you're often you're not in that space, you're doing it on your own. And then when you get to the space when you're in that place of like starting between the start and the finish, oftentimes you have that support and that camaraderie, and you have people cheering for you and holding space for you. And that can feel really good. And that can really, really carry you through. And I definitely felt a ton of that. So reminding ourselves as we're trying something new that getting to the start line is often the hardest part, but we often really worry about getting to the finish line. We worry about race day, whatever the performance is going to be. That's the thing we worry about. And we negate all the work that goes ahead of that, that makes us really mentally, and if it's relevant, also physically strong. And so we often show up for race day in our most like strong mental and physical space. And we forget that we forget that that's what we are working for the whole time we're training and working toward that start line. So that's the first lesson is that getting to that start line is much harder than the actual race day. And I'm saying race day in quotes, whatever your race is, whatever the thing is that you are approaching. Again, whether it's a big life event, whether it's an actual race of some kind, doesn't matter as much. It's that knowing that that training is the hard part, and then it really can be fun when you get to the start line. The second part, second lesson is that hard is relative. So I had this realization when I was out on the bike and I really, I was actually thinking it through even on my drive to the race that morning. I was thinking I wasn't super nervous. I was a little nervous the night before. Like I definitely, some nerves hit me about an hour before I went to bed and I was like, oh, this is so interesting. I haven't really felt super nervous for this until about like nine o'clock the night before. (laughs) And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling a little nervous. But then when I woke up that morning, I wasn't super nervous. I actually slept pretty well. I was really excited, but I wasn't, like I didn't have a sense of panic about it. My stomach wasn't tied up in knots. And I was thinking through how when I used to do races really consistently 18 to 22 years ago, 
oh my goodness, I would be so anxious on race morning. My stomach would be just be a disaster. I would literally like have diarrhea all morning. Like, I was just a mess. And I was thinking through on my drive down, the drive was like an hour from my house. So I'm driving down to this race and I'm by myself and Vince and Vinny came down later um, so they could sleep in. So I went down a little early and got my bike and everything all set up for the race. And then they came and met me before the race started so that they could watch, which was really fun. And as I was driving, I was thinking about how hard is relative. And so the things that I had going on in my life 18 to 22 years ago were so different than what I have going on now. And I've done so many hard things since then that the race felt so much less daunting to me. And I would say this, that I even noticed this throughout my training, that I was like, what's like the worst thing that could happen? Like the worst thing that could happen isn't really that bad. Like far worse things have already happened to me. But when I was doing triathlons in my early 20s, I hadn't done a whole lot of hard, hard things. I just hadn't had so many life experiences. And I also felt like if the worst thing happened, like I got a flat tire or I got injured somehow or whatever, I felt like it would be like the end of the world. I was so quick to catastrophize things in that season of life. And I just didn't have some of the same coping skills and like life experience to feel confident working through hard things with ease. So as I was driving down to the race and then as I was out on the race course, I just kept thinking like hard is relative. And in the grand scheme of things, there's not really a lot that could happen in this race that would be devastating to me or that would be really that big of a deal in the long run. Even if I couldn't complete the race for some reason, even if I got injured for some reason, like it's all going to be fine. It's just a triathlon. It used to be that it was like, this triathlon was my whole world. It was everything. It was like all I had going on. And it was my world was so centered around these kinds of events that I couldn't see the bigger picture. And now that my life has so many other pieces to it, and I've been through so many other things, I was like, it's just a triathlon. <laughs> it's really not that big of a deal. And I was able to have this much healthier perspective about the scale of the event, <laughs> then like, it's fine. It's just a triathlon. Now, yes, it was important to me. And yes, I was really excited. And yes, I trained hard for it. And I really wanted to finish. I really wanted to do my best. But I also, it wasn't like so tied to my identity that I couldn't see past like if things went sideways. And I was thinking through, what are the hard things that I've done that make this seem not that hard? And I was like, oh my gosh, so many things, so many things. Back 18, 22 to 22 years ago when I was doing triathlons regularly, they were like the hardest things I'd ever done in my life. <laughs> there was nothing else harder except for like going away to college or like getting a first job. But there wasn't anything that I had done and endured that was really, really trying. And now I've done a lot of things that have been really, really trying. And so I was thinking through a list like enduring infertility and having an unmedicated birth, way worse than doing a triathlon. <laughs> Nursing my child, way harder than doing a triathlon. Selling a business, which was an 18-month process for me that was incredibly challenging. That was so much harder. Starting a podcast was harder and definitely more scary and nerve wracking in a lot of ways. Buying two houses with my husband, navigating my relationship with my dad, which you've all heard me talk about, which has just been this like ongoing, complicated layers of stuff over the last 10 years. Even thinking through some of the stuff I've done for work, I was thinking how I don't remember how many years ago it was, but I traveled to the Philippines alone for a conference. And I remember going to the airport at like 
10 o'clock at night to take off for this flight that left at midnight. And the airport was really empty. And I was getting on this plane to travel to Asia by myself. And I knew that the place I was going was going to be fabulous. And the conference and the event would be really amazing. But I had this feeling of like, is this even responsible for like a mom to like travel all alone halfway across the world by herself in the middle of the night, leaving her kid at home? And so I've done all these other things that felt hard and where the stakes were higher and they felt scary in different ways. And so that gave me this perspective that like, just show up and have fun on race day. None of this is that big of a deal. And I was really able to carry that with me throughout getting ready for the race, getting, you know, driving to the race, getting myself set up. I had a couple friends there who I had done races with. My good friends, shout out to Amy and Natalie, who I'd done races with in my 20s, and they were there doing it as well. That was really, really fun to have them, to be back on a race course with them. So I was able to just kind of remind myself, like, hard is relative in this, in the grand scheme of things. It's not that hard. Like, yes, it's physically difficult, but you've done much harder things, (laughs) physically and mentally, much harder things. And so if we can remember when we're trying something new or we're returning to something for the first time in a long time, that hard is relative and you've done really hard things in your life that have qualified you to do whatever the hard thing is that you're facing right now. And so if we can remember that, then it can make the hard things that we're facing right now seem less daunting or feel less daunting because we've already proven that we're really strong and we're really resilient and we're resourceful and we're capable and we can make things happen and and we are we're really nimble like that and we're really adaptable like that. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listener can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, 
a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Number three, the third lesson when trying something new or returning to something for the first time in a long time is make it better by making it fun. I kept reminding myself my only goal is to have fun. I am someone who, when I did races years ago, I was super metric driven, which made it really grueling. And I think I've talked about this before on the show, but when I used to do a lot of half marathons, my first half marathon, in fact, I know I've talked about this, my first half marathon that I ever did was like the most incredible experience, a life altering moment for sure. It has informed so many other things that happened in my life because I did something I never in a million years thought I could do when I did that half marathon. I also had no expectations for myself in terms of time for that race. I was like, I'm just going to go run 13.1 miles. And if I finish, it will be the biggest win of my life. And I finished. And that was the only thing I wanted to do was to finish. And I couldn't believe that I finished. I had never run more than 10 miles. That day I ran 13.1. And it just felt like unreal that I was able to do that. But right after that, I was like, okay, well, whatever my time was for that race, every other race has to be faster than that. And I went down this path of doing half marathons for a number of years after that, always trying to get faster every race. And it was so incredibly grueling. It was so mentally exhausting. It made racing really not fun. And what's so hilarious about the whole thing is that like, I'm a really middle of the pack runner. So it's not like by getting faster, I was like winning awards or like getting any acknowledgement. It was just like, instead of being like finisher number 3,401, I was 3,000. 3,389 or whatever. It was like just ridiculous that I was so stressed out about these metrics that nobody cared about except for me. And I put a lot of energy into that and it made it not fun. And so it really wore on me over time. And because I haven't done a triathlon in so many years, I just had no like frame of reference for metrics. I was like, I have no idea how long this will take me. I'm just going to go and have fun and see what happens. I honestly didn't really time myself in training very much at all. I didn't time myself at all with like, actually with any of it. I timed myself on the bike only because like, if I'm on the Peloton, it automatically times you. If I was out on my bike on the road, I did have use map my bike to just see how many miles I'd gone because I wanted to make sure I was training enough miles out on the bike. But I wasn't trying to like go as fast as possible. I was really just trying to get like time in the saddle. Running, I would run for like 30 minutes. I would go out on 30 minute runs, but I wasn't tracking like how many miles that was or anything. So I wasn't tracking a lot of metrics in my training to see how fast I was going to be in order to estimate how long the run or the race would take me. So I was just going into this, like, I just want to have fun. Part of my fun was going to be going out and being on the course and being super friendly and cheering for other people. And I was the most obnoxious person out there. I'm certain of it. I cheered for people as they passed me. I cheered for people as I passed them. I cheered for people on the run course when we were out and back. I was cheering for like every person that was coming by me. And I am sure there were people around me who were like, 
can that girl just please shut up? (laughs) Because that was helping me pass the time. It was making it really fun for me. But I'm sure there were other people who were like, can we just have some peace and quiet? So I really wanted to make the race fun in that way. I just wanted to show up and enjoy myself. And for me as an extrovert, that made it really fun. Now I understand like introverts probably think that sounds so horrible and cringy to cheer for people. But that's what made it fun for me. The other thing was I made it fun in training by really focusing on what part I was enjoying instead of groaning about like, oh, I have to get there, I get out there and do a training run or a training swim. Or there was times when I had to go out on the bike. And that was definitely the most daunting to me was like getting out on the bike because I always like I live right near a lake I can get to easily. I can run right out my door, getting my bike out. I can't bike from my house really because of what kind of where we have traffic in our neighborhood and stuff. I was like, I have to drive to to get out on a bike ride outside. I have to like load the bike in my car, drive across town, unload the bike, (laughs) get on it, find a good trail. It's like all these logistics that feel like a headache. That's where I had the most dread. And so I really thought through how can I make all of this fun? And so it was enjoying, enjoying time alone during training, enjoying being in summer weather, enjoying just feeling what my body could do after not having done some of these things for 18 years. That's how I made it fun in the training was really noticing these things that felt like little gifts, like getting to go out and like swim by myself at sunset at night in the summer weather It was so lovely going out and just noticing like, oh my gosh, you can swim for 20 minutes straight. I had no idea I could still do that. That felt incredibly empowering. So making it fun by just checking in to see like, what can I do and what feels good and really, really enjoying that. So I loved that piece of just trying out my workouts to see what they would feel like and having fun with them rather than being super competitive and metric driven as I've been in the past. And that really was, I mean, it made all the difference in the world for me in terms of trying this again for the first time in 18 years. Number four. Fourth important lesson on trying something new or trying something for the first time in a while is to recognize that waiting on your goals is wasting your time and energy. So there are often times to wait. There are often times to say, hey, I'm not going to try to meet this goal by this date, but instead I'm going to push it to that date because I need more time, more space. Life is hectic. There's often reasons to do that. And also, sometimes we give ourselves these very long deadlines and we just create a ton of angst and anxiety for no reason. So with this race, this is something that I thought about last summer. And when I hurt my back over spring break in April, I was like, well, I'm probably not going to try to do a triathlon this summer because my back's still a little bit wonky. I don't know. So then I thought, okay, maybe summer 2023. But as I got into June and I was like, well, maybe I'll just try to go for like a 10 minute run and see how it feels. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to just try to go for a swim down in the lake and see how it feels. And I did those things and I was like, well, it didn't hurt my back. I mean, they weren't easy things, but like I felt like I could do that again and I could do probably a little more distance and maybe I could do a try. Maybe I could like go a little further in triathlon training and just see how it feels. And what I ended up doing was shifting my goal to be a 12 month goal that was going to be next summer to a two month goal. So in June, I decided I'm not going to wait 12 more months and do this next June, I'm going to do it in two months. And that's a whole 10 months that it's not hanging over my head. So I'm going to do a whole episode on how waiting wastes our time and energy that's coming probably next week. But that was a huge lesson for me. I'm so, so glad I did not push this off another year. I'm so glad that I get to have this under my belt right now. And I for better or worse. Like, yeah, if I waited till next year, I could have trained this whole entire year and been a little bit faster. Sure. But 
oh my gosh, (laughs) the glory of having done it right now. I'm so glad I did it. Even if it wasn't like the very fastest I could have done it or the very best, you know, in terms of like my athletic ability after only training for two months. There's so much that counts in having done it right now and making it something that happened in 2022. So trust yourself to do the best that you can now rather than procrastinating for the sake of perfectionism or quote unquote doing it better later. Because that's where we often get stuck is that we think we should procrastinate so that we can be better at it later on. And the reality is other things are just going to get in the way. Like you might be or you might be a little bit better, but does it really matter? (laughs) So cut your deadlines in half or less is my final tip on that. And then number five, my fi- my fifth important lesson on trying something new or returning to something for the first time in a long time is to make your mantras count. So I'm going to give a shout out to Rose Wetzel, who is a former personal trainer colleague of mine, who also is an obstacle course, like world champion obstacle course racer, American Ninja Warrior. She's just like all around badass, shameless mom. She's been on the show before. She recently shared a training video and she talked about her mantras that she uses when she's doing hard workouts and when she's doing really competitive races. And like when she's, she's like always top three when she's doing like world championships. And so she said that some of the things that she says to herself while she's doing these events is, I like doing things that physically challenge me. I love feeling athletic. I love to be in the race environment. Nothing compares to the feeling of crossing a finish line. So she gives herself these mantras that are like, remember, you love doing these things. Remember, this is what makes you feel really good. And sometimes when when we're in the middle of things, we think like, oh, this is so hard or it's so stressful. And the reality is, is there's a reason that we're doing them. So I love to feel strong or I love to finish something or I love to try something new. Like whatever mantra resonates with you, pick that mantra and hold on to it. So I just shared some of them that I've used are the ones I've just shared with you that I completely borrowed from Rose. I also know for me that like crossing a finish line is such an amazing feeling. So that's one for sure. Like I love to cross the finish line. And then I also know that when I am doing this kind of stuff in particular, I have my best ideas. I have my best ideas while training and doing endurance workouts. And so on those days when I don't feel like going out there, and this is like any time, whether it's last year on my Peloton or three years ago going out for a run, whatever the case is, whether I'm training for a race or not, if I need to figure out a problem, I also remind myself, like, remember, you get your best ideas when you go do a longer workout when you go to and I mean, by longer workout, I mean 30 minutes. (laughs) But when you go just do something repetitive, whether it's biking or running or walking or whatever, get yourself out there. That's where you get your best ideas. So when I don't feel like doing it, I remind myself this is where I have my best ideas. And now I'm motivated to do it. I'm going to give you a bonus a bonus number six. So your bonus number six for important lessons on trying something new is that done is magic. Having done something new or something you haven't done in a long time is a magical feeling. You feel powerful. You feel capable. You feel this like renewed sense of, holy crap, I can do it. Or I did it. I didn't know I could do that. There is a magic about that and an energy about that that lifts you off the ground. And I am feeling this still. It's been five days now since I finished my race. I'm feeling this right now. I'm so glad that I did it. There is this magical feeling about proving to yourself that you can do something that is indescribable. And that makes it worth doing and worth trying. So those are your five lessons on trying something new. 
Number one, getting to the start line is harder than getting to the finish. Number two, hard is relative. Number three, make it better by making it fun. Number four, waiting on your goals is wasting your time and energy. Number five, make your mantras count. And number six, bonus, done is magic. If this was helpful to you, please, please share it out. And please make sure that you are listening to information in this episode if you are listening in live time about how to sign up for my workshop on January 13th or 14th, not January, on September, (laughs) how to sign up for my workshop on September 13th and 14th. Because if you want to try something new, I want you to do it in a community where you can be supported and where we can cheer for you and champion you. And that might be at my workshop that's coming up this week if you're listening in live time. So I know there's some promotion for that in this episode. And you can also go to shamelessmom.com slash calm, C-A-L-M, to get signed up for my upcoming workshop on how to calm your chaos and let go of your crap. Thanks for being here today, and I'll see you on Wednesday with a new episode. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here, and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.